Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of September 2, 2013. We are on episode 206. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts out the podcast with me today on location. Jackie Ritaco, account manager with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Now, is that the right title for Jackie? Is that what we should be going with here? Yeah, that's the right title. Okay. <laughs> She's got another title, too. All right. She's just been granted, Slash. The, been granted the title of director of operations for her irreplaceable service inside the company. Most clients don't see that, but let me tell you, if it wasn't there, it would not be pretty. Crap would fall <laughs> apart. No, <I'm> <laughs> Shiznit would happen. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you. <clears throat> That's something good relatively stuff. new. Yeah, it's good to open with. Yeah. What else can we open with? Can't wait for Labor Day? Oh, it'll be after uh, Labor wah, Day. Wah. Hope you enjoyed your Labor Day. <laughs> Is that Monday? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, don't act too public. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's supposed to happen on Labor Day? Are you just supposed to not work or what? I think cele- so. Yeah, it's a celebration of, of labor. Working. Of not working? not having to work. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be working. What about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I won't be working. I will, I will have been in Las Vegas coming back oh. on Labor Day, which is Hopefully odd, with oodles of money? No, I don't think there's going to be a lot of gambling going on. Oh, boo. There's a lot of pool sitting. Probably working, though. Working in Las Vegas. That's all right, though. I mean, at least you can go somewhere. If you can get away and... Yeah. Work, work feels less like work if, you can, if you're doing it somewhere... Out of, out of your routine, or that's kind of fun. That's I beg to differ. If I'm in Las Vegas, <laughs> it's going to feel twice as much like work. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a little more depressing. Pool, I could be yeah. at the tables. I guess I if, if be, you're like deliberately going somewhere that's kind of vacation like, and then you got to whip out your laptop, right. and then it's a little less. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone's out of the pool, and you're up in your room, like, wah, yeah. Wah. If, you, if you know you're like, <laughs> like Jackie, if she's like going to the North Woods. Knowing she's, but like I'm going for a week, but I know I'm going to work while I'm there. Then it's yeah. kind of different. Then it's like, all right, yeah. If you expect it, it's a little less harsh. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, <laughs> enough about my. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Shushmit's creeping up fast. It is. Yikes! No Four kidding. short weeks away. As you know by now, we're going to be podcasting live from Shushmit. Mm-hmm. We got our electrical. We got electricity. <laughs> we got, oh, my God. We got electricity. The most expensive so electricity if, on the face of the planet. If you've never exhibited it, Shushmid, and I knew this was the case, but we've never been there. But still, it's hilarious how they just completely hit you up for everything. So mm-hmm. we need internet to broadcast our podcast. So we ordered internet, which is extraordinarily, ridiculously pricey. Yeah. And then... <laughs> like a few days later, Jackie, you got a call from them saying, mm-hmm. well, we saw you ordered internet. Would you also like electricity? <laughs> <laughs> so now we're expecting, a, which of course they charge us for. So now in a couple of days, you're going to call back and say, would you like oxygen in your area <laughs> exactly. of the exhibit? That's exactly what or I told you bring your own oxygen tents because we don't provide that free. <laughs> I think the, uh, what, what's been the, because I mean, this is the first time we've gone to, as an agency, to uh, exhibit in something like this. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been, a, it's been a fun eye-opener in terms of some of the costs oh, involved, um, which some people are like, yeah, we know. But I, the furniture one is, our calculations on what would be more affordable in terms of getting some nice furniture for our space because um, I, you know, to, to have podcasts and some guests, we need a table. And we ended up like hiring a, a cabinet maker in Chicago to, <laughs> to drive on site to Shushman and build from scratch our furniture. 
<laughs> that's going to be about one tenth no of the power cost to, of renting with it. only hand tools that's as no well. Joke. That's right. He'll also be He's hauling his own lumber. He's going to whittle our furniture out of wood. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> He'll be bringing uncarved, <laughs> unfinished trees with him to. <laughs> no, but and that's we're insane. Give it away. Yeah, no, it's cheaper for, to like buy furniture from someplace like some cool stuff like from Target or IKEA or wherever. Mm-hmm. Have it shipped there. And you can even throw it away at the end of the event, and you're still spending about a tenth of what you would have spent by renting the furniture there. It's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. True. They got it's you by the Kihonis, which we'll talk about later in the yes. podcast. Yeah, stay Some tuned. Use Speaking of Kihonis. <laughs> so um, we are going to have guest speakers. So if you would like to join us, email katie at thinkinterval.com, uh, and we'll line you up. We've already got a few lined up. We want to get them all slotted in ahead of time. Once we know who's actually going, we're going to reach out to some folks too. But we know we've got some yeah. listeners that we think are going, uh, and we want them to join us. So uh, I'll also be speaking there on branding with Melissa Tizon from Providence Health and Services. That's Tuesday morning, and branding at the bar Monday night. Don't miss it. Should be good. Don't miss out. Lovely prizes. Yeah. Trivia. Your what chances food? are fairly high. You'll win an iPad Mini. Drinks. Four of them. Four iPad even. minis. Well, nice. you can't yeah. win all four. No. Yeah. You can but who would one. want that? But, um, me. You can. <laughs> you want all four? <laughs> then they, you don't even need to be a mobile device. You just leave it in every, like one in your car. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the epitome of lazy. Exactly. All right. So we really only have a couple things to talk about here, but they, they're going to be interesting. One is Google Glass. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. Um, now, of course, as soon as something like this comes out, people have to speculate on all its uses, and people are speculating on its uses in healthcare, and not just speculating. I mean, Doing so we stuff. have one story that talks about how a doctor actually used it to live stream a surgery. And, okay, oh, it's a, it's a feeding tube, thank God, because I read the <laughs> operation involved endoscopically, okay. <laughs> and most endoscopic procedures I'm aware of are not something you'd want to view. Not in your feeding hole. In your <laughs> anti-feeding That's right. hole. So, um, I, you know, top, top notch to this guy, I guess, but I, that sounds kind of force-fed. There's another article that we have that says, patients don't mind if the doc wears Google Glass. So there's so many, there's so many things about this that make me laugh, right? Okay, so this is what it says. <clears throat> Patients don't mind being there. Did I read that wrong? It's a complete typo. That, that'll, that'll tell you. I'll read exactly how it's written. <laughs> Patients don't mind being their doctor wearing Google Glass, <laughs> at least not according to data gathered by Augmetics, a startup that is using the head-worn computer to cut down on the time doctors spend doing non-patient-facing tasks like taking notes. During a talk at startup incubator Rock Health's Health Innovation Summit in San Francisco, Augmetics co-founder and CEO Ian Shaquille said that of 200 patients asked before a visit if they minded seeing a doctor wearing Google's head-worn gadget, only three demurred. While not that surprising a revelation giving Augmetics' mission, it could indicate that despite some characterizing glassware's as glass holes, love it, <laughs> the device may be seen as acceptable and even helpful in professional situations. Hmm. So first, I don't doubt that that's the case, but at least they point out that the dude sharing this data might have a little bit of reason to share it <laughs> since he's trying to build a company based on the use of Google Glasses in doctors' <laughs> offices. And of course, it always gets to that time-worn issue we have with consumer 
research. Yeah, you ask 200 people, would you mind if your doctor wore Google glasses? No, I don't mind. Do they then, really mind? They don't well, know. We do don't they know. they know what they look like? Well, and they, do they, they know, know how they're being... I think two of the stories that we have in our, that we'll have in the show notes uh, kind of contrast how I think wearing it could be... Uh, some could be perceived as acceptable or not acceptable. One of the other stories is, uh, let's see, where was this one from? Karthik's Geek Center, <laughs> karthik.net. Anyway, there's an article on there. We'll have it again on the show notes. But this is, this is an article of somebody who's doing some open source software where, you, where the doctor can use Google Glass to like, get a better look at your skin, to see your veins, that kind of thing. It's almost as like a medical tool, like, a kind of a, like really? almost scanning like on the spot. I mean, that's not the right way to put it. Right. But okay, so you can look at your flesh and actually see veins better, that kind of thing. So I, there's, I think there are real uses for, the, for, these, for this there. Um, and I think that people may not have a problem with their doctor picking up, being like, oh, you know, I want to, you know, let me put these on and get a better look at your arm here or whatever, versus you walk into the room or the doctor walks in with a pair of Google glasses on and little red lights flashing as if, <laughs> as if he's recording every damn thing since the moment he walked in the room. Yeah. That's going to kind of, so I mean, I think it depends on how people perceive. Right. So is, okay, is he going to put them on for certain things? Is he wearing it and recording me the whole time? Right. You know, the, the, the article that talks about people not minding, you know, they, they talk about the doctor having less head down time, which is, you know, anybody who's seen a doctor at all knows that he probably looks at you for about 5% of the, you know, otherwise he or even nurses, they're like typing away on their computer, you know, they're in Epic or whatever, mm -hmm. making a million notes about everything they need to capture about you and they don't even look at you. So if, if the implication here is that the doctor is just going to be able to like sit and stare at you the whole time having a nice conversation and then, but then what? You know damn well that the doctor is not going to rewatch, they don't have time to then go back and rewatch right. the entire thing, the entire video right. and then take notes based on that. They're, that's not going to happen. So if the, if the idea is that they then give this footage to right. an assistant to parse, Scribe. so now you've got another person, did, are you okay or with them watching it? Or recognition software that will translate it into text. Right, but, but that, I mean, you could... Uh, you don't need glasses for that. Right, and even then, somebody mm -hmm. still has to go through and pick out the important things of the transcript to, okay, this, right, is, this right. needs to be this thing we need to act on. Or, so it's like, well, I it, don't understand, I, I'm not... Maybe I'm missing something. Part of the value of Google Glasses is that you, you're, not just, you're not just recording. You're actually getting data on your right. glasses. It's like right? a heads-up display, a hug. So, so that's not head-down time, but still, how am I as a person? I don't know. I've never worn one. So right. maybe yeah. it is pretty seamless. But how am I as a, I get walking around and having like a map up on my glasses, even though that sounds ridiculous, and using that data as I, as I transverse a, a city. But right. if I'm talking to somebody... How am I taking in data in my eye <laughs> while I'm holding a conversation with you right. without it distracting me somehow? Yeah. yeah. So it does seem to be limited to what you're talking about. Right. Unless it's like, well, just let me, you know, let me check on this. And he can somehow he's, I don't know how you trigger to like, if, if in a perfect world, what he's talking about would automatically trigger some kind of audio search function. So up on his screen would be like likely diagnoses, mm -hmm. like you know, checking on this, and it's literally flashing in his eye. I still don't know how that's I, in, in that not that's distracting to both the patient and the doctor. Well, and you're also getting. I think you're getting a false experience. I mean, if there's one thing that my wife and I have learned through this, through our experiences in the hospital lately, which have been plenty, is that. People drop the ball at times, and a lot of times you want to you want to be able to kind of identify where things went right. wrong or where who dropped the ball, what happened, because mm -hmm. somebody needs to pick up the ball again or somebody needs to make something right. So if you've got somebody who's sitting there, 
it's going to make it incredibly difficult for you to know like who's competent and who's not competent when the, when, in your care providers. If, if somebody's got a little heads-up display and you have no idea what they're being fed, and they're just sitting there talking to you like they're a goddamn rocket scientist, but they're not. They're just repeating what's on a screen. You have no idea like how... S- like the competence of the right. person in front of you because it's fake. It's, it's, a, it's a facade. You're just, they're reading to you off the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with one of our doctors, our main doctor, who's just amazing. She can sit down and inspire confidence because what comes out of her mouth is, is brilliant and supportive and it's awesome and it's not being fed through right. a screen. So you know that that's genuine. You know that's that she's true. smart. So what... That that's gone when you've got somebody when you, you know, when you have no idea if it's if it's that person's brain giving you you know their their educated feedback or if it's just them reciting the statistics but that are appearing. Don't you on the think screen. that there's? I mean, there's no human being knows everything about medicine, no matter how brilliant they are. Right. So that's the whole big data drive to try to pull together all this data that's out there across all of these medical providers and try to get some kind of semblance of intelligence from it. And that that should help every provider, no matter what level they're at. Mm-hmm. It may not be like replacing their their education, their knowledge, but it right. should sure as hell should supplement it. But even then, I'm like trying to do it now. I got reading glasses on. I'm like trying to look at Adam <laughs> and talk to him, knowing that there could be like crap in my lens that could just pop up. How I, I don't uh, yeah, know. I feel but like again, so so. so who knows how this will work? I do think it's funny that they asked 200 people. That doesn't correlate to how people actually will re- right. behave when this happens because we don't know how it will come off. Also, they're in San Francisco, so you're at the <laughs> center of the freaking tech universe. And so you go, yeah, of course I would, you know. Go ask Aunt Flo on the farm how she's going to feel. <laughs> this, is, this is what makes me laugh, though. At the That's end of this, true. it says Shaquille, who's the CEO. So this is basically a PR piece. It's in the MIT Technology Review. But it's basically a PR piece for this company, Augmetics. Right. And the, the CEO speaks to the fact that they're not um, tied to Google Glass. They're technology agnostic, meaning they'll work with other wearable devices. And then this is the, his quote. Our focus is really rehumanizing the doctor-patient interaction, he said. Oh, and that's going to do it. So you're going to put on your Borg glasses to rehumanize <laughs> it. I know what he means, but I think it's Right, funny. right. But I, again, I think, I think that that term that you just used is, is, is great because that's kind of – the doctor is kind of becoming, in a sense, a a, a, a machine, a cyborg of yeah, a sense. Totally. Because it's again, you're not you're getting like this robotic experience based on. I mean, I don't know. I, something rubs me about the wrong way. You know, I think ultimately it's awesome that people are experimenting with this and seeing yes. what can be done. Yes. That is cool. Keep doing it. Not dissing that at all. But just some of you know some of what we're seeing here in terms of the directions or possibilities mm-hmm. are kind of like. Ah, yeah, but but you know this is this has real implications and ramifications right. that you know we need to talk about as well. Yeah, I mean, I can see where ultimately it might end up helping the doctor, but not necessarily the overall patient experience. Right. I don't know. I mean, and, and I the, it's just I don't know if I'd call this link bait, but saying in a headline, "Patients don't mind if the doc wears Google glasses" is so premature as to not yeah. even be valid. Yeah, yeah. I think don't it's, mind meaning it's what? if. To say you talked to 200 people and only three said, yeah, I would mind, that's not even right. worthy of anybody's right. attention, especially when it comes from somebody who's got a vested interest in wanting that answer, mm-hmm. why anybody would actually publish that. Be, that'd be like us saying, I talked to 200 hospitals and 197 agree that they could use a brand strategy, right? And we're out there selling brand strategy. Well, <laughs> 
I mean, what, first of all, am I going to say if it's otherwise? I mean, it's just so obvious. So, but again, to Adam's point, well, and it's, who knows? Yeah, who I don't knows? know. It's I don't know. It's scary. Well, and I'll, Google Glass, you know, in its current form, it's very obvious if somebody has it on when they're in your presence. I mean, you yeah. know that they've got some kind of computing device on their head. There's a clear, picture of it, the. Yeah, it's clearly a little. It's it's a it's got a you know hefty side and a little thing that sticks in front of your face and a light that lets you but know what's going on. But here's the thing: it doesn't look that much different from what a lot of surgeons wear already, which are which are goggles with a light on. Right. So, in that yeah. sense, it's really not going to feel or look any different. But if you're in surgery, you're not interacting yeah, with the doctor. Right. It's totally difference. different. Right. Yeah. I mean, all he's doing, I think, this guy's just this doctor is just looking for some press for being really advanced and wearing Google goggles when really. <laughs> Google Glass, whatever. <laughs> when all he's doing is filming surgery, which has already happened, right, mm-hmm. right. So, kudos. to I him, mean, if but. there was, if if there was like literally, he's looking at what he's looking at, and he's got like a heads-up display that's overlaying what he's looking at, and it's enhancing it, and it's showing him things he wouldn't see with the, the human eye otherwise, which is yeah. not the case. That would be awesome. That would be a real cool use of this kind of technology, where you're like literally enhancing the care. But you know, if you're just broadcasting what's going on, to your, like what you yeah. said, that's not. That's not new. You're seeing it from the, that person's innovative. perspective, but still, what the hell's the difference between seeing it from their perspective or seeing it through a camera that was over their shoulder, right. which has been done a million times? Right. right. Or a so. little camera that they put on glasses, right. which is what they do. <laughs> All right. Let's move on from Google yeah. Glass and glass holes. Agreed. <laughs> let's talk about content we love or hate. Nice little twist. Because so one of this piece of content could, could be both of those. Yeah, and, and let's. I'm going to title this this first one, and I'll let Jackie describe it. <laughs> of let's title it why it sucks to live in the U.S. and be in the advertising business, or why it sucks to be in the advertising business in the U.S. No oh, man, because you can't do this. I don't know how I can describe. It's just something you have to watch. I well, suppose. describe what it is in general. Okay. We should give credit where credit is. Who found it? Robert found this, right? Robert found yeah. it. We don't know where, which is kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Through one of his usual channels of. <laughs> yeah. But it's essentially, well, the ad starts with a very attractive well, mo- Say what model. it is. Like, oh. where's it from? Since I said it sucks that you can't do this in the U.S. Well, I think it's from the U.K., isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And it's a male cancer awareness ad. So it starts with this very attractive supermodel who I'm not familiar with. Rayan. Yes. R-H-I-A-N. Not Rihanna. Right. Yeah. Ryan, or we don't know what. Regardless, she's pretty fine, I will say. Yes. She is Regardless, she's in a bikini and gyrating and dancing. She's say. not even in a bikini. She's in her underwear. She's Our in her underwear. Victoria's Secret duds. Yeah. Yeah. She's It looks like a Victoria's naked. Secret ad kind of at first. It's like the music's yeah, going. Yeah, she's it's even more erotic or exotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's touching herself in ways that well, that's, I yes. can't say. In once, she, once she begins touching herself is when yes. the and the, Well, happens. and the title of the ad was <laughs> Rian Touches Herself or right, something. Right, 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 right. So as a guy, you're, you're hooked. Yeah. Well, even as a woman, I was like, what is this? Wow. <laughs> we learn new things every day about but, people And then the staff. nightmare-causing <laughs> part came into play where she pulled out a pair of I don't know what do you call them. Well, Aesthetic. She, she doesn't really. Pull, first, she just kind of whips them out the side well, as no, if they're first. Her own. She. How do you get to that stage? I mean, it's like a strip tease. She's literally her hands are running all over herself and then end up in her spot. And you're like, <laughs> what is this? I said to Jackie, I'm like, am I watching the right video? But then go ahead. Now, now as a guy, you're like, what? This is like pornography. It's pornography. It is. It is pornography. She's clothed, but. 
Yeah, it's still borderline pornography, it which is. you can't do here. Still dirty. Well, you can do here, just not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then she pulls out. I don't know what you call them. Out of her her out bag, her, a her, bag, a, a man's a, bag, a man's bag. Yes. So she can <laughs> then show you how to test for testicular cancer. Right. So but, you, as a guy, are watching her open her underwear <laughs> as she is doing what she's doing, and out comes a life-size, lifelike replica of a man bag. And when we say lifelike, we yeah, this mean is, yeah, lifelike. This is not the. This fl- is not what you see on the back is, of somebody's truck. No, these are not bumper nuts. Nor, <laughs> nor is this. Nor is this the. Uh, I had I commented that during health health class when I was like a senior in high school, probably maybe a junior. The teacher had passed around a pair of like rubber testicles that you were supposed to feel to find the the, the bump on there, so right. that you would know as a man what you're supposed to be feeling for. But this was like clearly these are like lifelike. It wasn't. This wasn't. A, I mean, it, while while it was a worthy replica it certainly wasn't a lifelike replica well, it's which a is a lifelike replica of Andre the Giant let's start with that <laughs> <laughs> they're massive <laughs> these were some cojones they're, they're re- they look real they had hair and everything I mean it was pretty gross it was disgusto <laughs> <laughs> shockingly I mean regardless the whole ad is just like you're constantly like am I ri- watching the right thing and then it's just like whoa well, and it goes from her having them in her crotch then she's holding them up and she's talking about right. it and, and them, and it was yeah. like so then you're like, kind of like, all right, this is a little less. And then she ends, she goes back in the end to, to sexual innuendo. She says, now I want to see you take them out and touch them. Yeah. <laughs> Did That's she the say end that? of the video. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I wonder if that ever aired on TV. Maybe. I don't know. There, but that would know. never, ever, ever <laughs> happen in this country. I was thinking we should push our clients to do something you like know, that. You know, though, but the magic, <laughs> the, the magic, the magic of the internet. Oh, there's our... The magic of the pizza delivery. Yeah, so food is here. <laughs> Come on, Robert, hurry up. We're hungry. Um, Run. You know, in this day and age, though, does it matter? I mean, because it's kind of like... Right. Because we're, we're moving away. I mean, obviously, television advertising is still huge and, and effective for the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, the four of us have seen this now. We're American. You know, it's like the internet has allowed us to see, or at least people who are open to not being, or even people who aren't, aren't open to that kind of thing to see it. <laughs> Now I don't know. It's it's it's, it's nice because I I, th- I feel like some of those the things that were culturally unacceptable in the United States, but but okay, like in the UK or Germany mm-hmm. or, or you know wherever. Um, at least those of us who are, I'm not going to say I was comfortable watching that. I was going to say accepting accepting of of yeah. that approach can mm-hmm. at least see some of this stuff more often now. Yeah, right. things that are creative and well done yeah. and powerful because this certainly it was, was powerful. powerful. It was yeah. powerful. Does it get guys to check themselves? I don't know. Not in the way they probably intended. Yeah, you're checking for something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on because we got to get through a couple more. I'll do mine, and then Adam, you can finish with their, yours. So this is a little bit of a segue from what you just talked about. <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, you know that I have somewhat of an issue with the Charmin Bears. <laughs> and, and that's primarily because they had a campaign a number of years ago that was predicated on the fact that Charmin is better for you because it doesn't live, leave bits of paper behind. Paper shards? It, that This was their position. Derbis. So now paper what derbs. they have is they have a campaign out, um, and it's about why going to the bathroom is fun. So it starts off, and it's the bears, it's all cartoonies, and they're like, you know, do you like going to the bathroom? And then they're like, well, why do you ask that? You know, I don't think I do. And then they kind of change. The bears are like, well... You know, I do. I do get some reading done in there, and I and, some me and it, time. they don't call it relieve yourself for nothing. And it's a little bit. It's five minutes of me time, and so the and then they say, and the right toilet paper makes for the right experience. And so the point of it is, 
You should have fun in the bathroom. You should, you should use the phone in the bathroom. You, you should, should read in the bathroom. And the, at the end, the call to action is pound tweet from the toilet. So <laughs> all I have to say is why you would promote disgusting behavior because we've well, all heard about the research that talks about fecal matter on smartphones. <laughs> I'm going to start a movement that is do not use your phone in the bathroom. No pun intended. <laughs> get it? Start a movement? Or did you not get it? No, I didn't. You That's didn't? Okay. Start a movement? A bowel movement? Oh! <laughs> a BM, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's one, you know everyone does it or has done it or maybe does it occasionally, but to promote it, is just it's awful and you know what here's the thing like when i'm i'm in the airport this happens all the time going to the bathroom you hear a dude on the phone and he's in the stall and you just like that is awful or when you're at the urinal or you're you're in the bathroom and a guy goes up the urinal and answers his phone while he's using the urinal and i'm like you know what unless that's president obama there ain't nothing that that's (laughs) is that important there isn't no can you I, think gosh, of a single no thing that is so important for you to answer the phone that you would do it midstream? No. <laughs> no. Not, not unless you're like... I can't stop now. It'll hurt. Unless you know like something urgent's going to come. And then would you even... I'd be embarrassed to do that in front of other people. I, it's amazing. Yeah. And guys are in there. They're like holding conversations. They're using their shoulder. And yeah. I, I want to come up with the... something to do to like... Flushing the toilet apparently doesn't bother them but i want to yell something like hey could you pass the toilet paper or something <laughs> they should be embarrassed <laughs> oh totally all right that's enough sorry it's it my is toilet yeah, rack. it's all right that's not a, we're gonna start it's not a tweeting movement. anymore it's like it's it's tweeting <laughs> i love jackie's movement but i'm pumped i know i was like what <laughs> i got it now though all right, my content I love. Something funny that I watched last night. It's on Mashable. Um, and even though last podcast I ripped Mashable a new one. Uh, it was funny. It's, it's called, the title of it is The Demise of the World's Most Dangerous Amusement Park. And I didn't even know this amusement park existed. Chris, maybe, I think. Is it Chernobyl? No, it's called, it was called <laughs> um, uh, well, here's the opening. There once, was amuse- there once was an amusement park so insane, so treacherous and dangerous that nearly two decades after it closed, anybody who ever stepped foot in it is left wondering how their, whether their memories could possibly be true. So it's this, I mean, you got to watch the video, but it's this amusement park in the United States, which was, it was a water park. It was called, oh, what's the name of it? It's, the, it's slipping my mind. Wet Death. It should have been called Wet Death because when you watch what people were doing and like the just not not only the rides like there is literally a lot of them were were water were water based rides but some of them were also like there was one called the Alpine Ski or something like that and you went down it was a gigantic concrete chute like a series of them and you got this slide on wheels that you rode Dude, I in. just did that no not this you got to watch this thing. I just did that in in. In northern Minnesota, no, the Alpine Slide. Well, watch what this one is because they say when you get to the top of it, there are pictures of maimed children and stuff telling you this is why you keep your arms inside of this thing because you go. It's like it's like a luge sled on wheels. Yeah, I know and what pe- it is. People yeah. who are well, the guys who were interviewed were like, you had no idea if you'd get one of the ones with like lubed up bearings where you're going to go down this thing with no brakes at 300 miles an hour. And, you know, if you like, it, you could literally fly out of it at any moment. Oh yeah, that, that could happen exactly with the Alpine slide that I was on. Have you ever been on that in northern Minnesota? No, if I've you don't apply the brake, you're you're done. You're going down a ski hill. <laughs> well, yeah. What do you do? Sign your life away before you get on that? Well, thing? yeah, you have to do that. And you and it's basically concrete shoots. 
and there's no top, so it's just and like there's a nothing holding you into this. And you're on thing. a plastic sled, and it's got a lever, and the lever forward <laughs> is go, and the lever back is brake. And if you if you put the lever down, you're a dead man. I mean, if all you did was fly down that thing, it's a luge. It's yeah, a like yeah. Olympic luge. With no ice. Why do people die daily on that thing? You know, the only thing, what scared me was we got there and it started to sprinkle and they shut her all down. They're like, if any water gets on this, it's so dangerous that we have to shut it down until it's completely dry. And I'm like, really? well, that says a little bit about how dangerous <laughs> it is. That if it's, all it takes is a little water and nobody could go on this. How short of like maiming are we without the water? Yeah. Oh wow! So it's, well, it's you couldn't like pay concrete. me to do something it's like, like that. It's like polished though. concrete. They even showed some of the, no, like, the rides that they had at this thing that um, they would like one that they didn't even really even open it. The, the owner said that he ex- they experimented with it and he would like give staffers a hundred dollars to try it. It was like a, it was a tube slide that went down and at the very end, so it was really steep, but at the end had a loop. So you, you would fall out. Well, no, no, it was totally enclosed. So it was oh, totally okay. enclosed tube that you would go down, and you would basically see if you could make it around the loop. But I bet, I guess, the people who stuck. ended up, well, they didn't really get stuck. But you would go, and as soon as you got like to the peak of the loop, you'd basically fall onto the bottom part, or oh, slammed yeah, yeah. into it, and like break your nose or something, and then come out the other end like all disoriented and bloody. So you weren't going oh fast gosh. enough. So you literally right. lost your gravity and went face first, slammed down the opposite, or side. just the way your body would get twisted right. as you would go around the loop, you would get slammed into it. So. <laughs> It was like a park full of this kind of stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the video is great. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's, it was pretty funny. I was laughing. It was as I was laying in bed last night trying to... I don't have this worst, the worst habit of like just starting to read this kind of crap when I should be trying to fall asleep. And then I yeah, start laughing my ass off. All right. It's pretty good. Check, Check it, it out. out. Check it out. We'll Thanks. scope it out. Try the Alpine slide. It's good for you. <laughs> my kids did it. Their problem was they got stuck the first time behind a, a very elderly woman, like 78, 80. Who's going And slow. she was going down, break the entire time. So I got down. It was literally like 10 minutes. This is like a two-minute ride. <laughs> 10 minutes later, there's like a chain of 20 people coming down behind this woman. And they're basically like, some of them got up and just walked like in front of her. That's how slow they were going. Well, that's what they said. They said one other thing. If you were one of the ones who got into one of the carts or the slide with the brake stuck on, inevitably you would get slammed into her behind by somebody yeah. who had the one with the brake that didn't work at all, who was coming down at like 100 oh my miles gosh. an hour. Yeah. Thank you. It looks a little sketchy, but it was fun. <laughs> all right. Should we sign off on that? Yep. Yes, please. All right. So for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie. Uh, yep. uh, <laughs> no, you. No, you. Hibbity, hibbity. <laughs> Jackie Retackle. And Adam Meyer. Talk to you next time.